Do you know all of your rights when it comes to wrongful termination and discrimination? Now think of all the jobs that you've had. Have you ever been let go of any of those jobs? And did you have a case that you didn't even realize? How you can protect yourself as the employee. We're going to find out today with Neighbors in Need, James Hart, Attorney James Hart. Thank you so much for helping us out with this. My pleasure, Sandy. There is so much to know when it comes to, well, I don't know. Is there a lot to know when it comes to wrongful termination and discrimination? Because we don't really think about it until we're in that situation where we're like, oh, God. Wait a minute. Is this right? Is this okay? Right. Um, and that's what you guys do, right? At your practice? It is. And I'm a solo practitioner, so uh, uh, it's just me, but uh, uh, that is exactly what I do. And, um, you know, basically, uh, it is confusing. Um, the laws are confusing and, and sometimes seemingly conflicting. And um, so it's my, my pleasure to be here and to answer, you know, any questions that you have. You help out a lot of clients when it comes to wrongful termination and discrimination, but you also help out clients in other areas of law, too, right? Sure. I mean, I handle some criminal defense, and I say some. I emphasize some because uh, I'm very picky about those cases. Um, uh, however, um, if the right case comes along, I'm a solo practitioner, so I really have to be careful with, with each okay. case that I pick, but um, I, I'm happy to, uh, to help out uh, when the right case comes along. What got you into law? What um, growing up, my, my dad was a lawyer. Um, I grew up in, in Montreal, Quebec, which is why you might uh, notice I have a bit of an accent. Uh, but, but, you know, I always said, I'm going to you know, practice law. Why? Before I even knew what lawyers did, it was because that's what dad did. Um, and uh, ended up going to law school in Chicago. Um, you know, graduated from law school and um, I did the big firm thing for a while, but I think I quickly realized um, that I wasn't cut out for large firm life. Okay. You know, the, the, the mandatory billables every year, never seeing your family. So I went out on my own in, in um, oh, 2006, and I haven't looked back uh, since. Is the wrongful termination and discrimination a major focus for you? Or Absolutely. 90 plus percent of my practice okay. is devoted to that area. And um, so, yeah, if, if I have a specialty, that's, that's it. And what made you point to that specialty? Well, I moved here from Arizona in 2007, and I quickly... You I had moved been, to Rochester from Arizona, huh? That is correct, yeah. You just wanted winter, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, well, I remember I grew up in Montreal, so this, oh, that's is, true. That's this true. is mild for me, but... That's um, true. You know, I actually love the snow, I love hockey, and I love skiing, so, you oh, know... Oh, okay, yeah. I, This is a great place. Um, people people give it a... You know, there are some, some things I miss about Arizona, but uh, hey, we got Bristol, a beautiful mountain, half an hour away, great town, but I quickly realized that there was a, oh, a lack of, of, of employment attorneys, plaintiff side employment attorneys. Uh -huh. um, I had to hit the ground running when I moved here as a solo practitioner. And so I uh, seized upon that, that niche, if you will, that niche, however you want to pronounce that. And, um, and again, I haven't looked back. There's a, there's a big need for it. Um, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of lawyers who do what I do. So I'm happy yeah. to fill that, that need. There's a big need for it because we're all in the dark as far as what is okay and not okay to be terminated, or there's a big need for it because a lot of companies are just saying, okay, done, you're out. The answer is, is both. Okay. Um, wrongful terminations happen all the time. Um, there aren't many lawyers who do what I do, frankly, because there are other more lucrative fields, you know, personal oh, okay. injury and mass torts and, and, you know, working for the big law firms. Um, and, and so there is an element of, of, you know, helping out people in need that, that causes one to go into this field. Um, 
But again, it happens all the time. There are uh, certain rights to, to recourse that, that people have, and, and uh, um, it's my job to get them as much money as, as the system allows. And, uh, you know, in these cases, there are some, some caps to the amount of damages that you can seek, but you can still, you know, in certain, in certain instances, seek um, uh, real money damages, lost wages, emotional distress damages uh, relating to, uh, to the discrimination. Every case is different. Uh, basically, the more severe the treatment, the more outrageous the employer's conduct, yeah. um, the more money you'll be entitled to. I feel like a lot of us, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like if there is something, some type of discrimination or wrongful termination, I'm such a small little person compared to a big corporation. Do you find that a lot of people don't even fight the good fight because of that? That's a great question, and the answer is unequivocally yes. I think they just move on because they just it's David versus Goliath, and they, yes. they don't see any way of of prevailing. And and so you know, I I charge, generally speaking, flat rates, and you you know, it's it's a um, it's a flat rate that you can you can get if you call me. Um, it's an affordable flat rate um, when you consider, as you sort of alluded to, the cost of litigation. Yeah. Um, a flat rate is nice because it's capped. You're not going to get hourly fees, generally speaking, with my services. And so you're not going to go broke, right? It's one and done. And you have a chance to fight Goliath. And that's what I do. I fight with the biggest law firms in town, in fact, um, in, in the country, because I, I have cases all over the place, but statewide. I have some cases in New York City. Um, and, and I'm not afraid of going after the large law firms because I, I know this area, you win some and you do lose some cases. The, this this area of law is, is famous for being very challenging. Mm -hmm. It's another reason why you don't have a lot of lawyers who do what I do. Um, because the law really does favor the employer. As I, it um, does. Okay. As we were discussing be before the interview, generally speaking, the at-will doctrine allows employers to terminate um, or otherwise discipline employees for any reason or no reason with some, some exceptions, you know, discrimination on not just generic discrimination, but generic, but discrimination on particular uh, grounds. There are certain protected classes that you have to belong to in order to invoke that right to sue. So okay. it, it is complicated, um, you know, uh, and it's my job to find out if, if the, the person calling me, the victim of discrimination, has a case or not. So my number is 490-7100. Again, 585-490-7100. And... Um, you know, every case is different, so it's important that I that yeah. I concentrate okay. on, on the facts at hand. What do most people come and seek your counsel for when it comes to areas of wrongful termination or discrimination that we might not even be aware of? The, the disability cases really get under my skin because, okay. um, you know, there is a defense to disability discrimination that employers invoke, which essentially says to the judge, look, uh, you know, this employee was just too disabled and we couldn't accommodate him or her uh, because it would have been unduly burdensome on our business. That is a defense. Um, but what people don't realize is that on the other side of the coin, uh, employees have the right uh, or rights set forth in the Americans with Disabilities Act, including um, the, the required interactive process. So let me just talk about that one Okay. Uh, doctrine, because it really is not widely, um, widely known. Okay. So if you're disabled, 
um, and you request an accommodation, let's say for an ergonomically correct chair, you have a bad back. Um, suppose, for example, the employer um, says, well, no, you know, this job is a standing job and, and we just, we can't accommodate you. It would be too, be too difficult. The employer, before it terminates the employee, has to engage in a dialogue with the employee, literally a back and forth mm-hmm. to, to, to try to be, get creative, if you will, to try to find an accommodation for that employee's particular circumstance. So they have to make it's, an attempt. They have to make an attempt, and it's called the required interactive process. Yeah, but some employers, let's be honest, they quote-unquote make an attempt. Yeah. But it's a feeble attempt, and then right. as an employee, you don't feel like, oh, well, I don't want to keep pressuring. Sure, and that's uh, that's a failure to account. The courts, there are decisions which which actually say that the the failure to engage in the required interactive process sufficiently is is sort of the same thing as failing to accommodate a disability. Okay. So so there's a there's a right that not many employees know they have. It's true. Now we're all thinking, man, is our desk at work ergonomically correct? Is there something your employer could be doing to make it more comfortable for you? How much do we push our employer to make a change or redesign our area? It is fact specific. Okay. And um, you do need some medical support, generally speaking. Okay. For 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 your your well to, to strengthen your claim. So I think in somebody if somebody's in your in that circumstance, they they may not legally need to go to the doctor, but my legal advice would be go to the doctor. Okay. Uh, get some kind of script for an ergonomically correct workstation because what doctor in a million years would would deny someone that yeah, <laughs> that right? right. Um, and whether it's arthritis or um, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, whatever the case may be, um, if, if it's not in the person's head, but if it's an actual condition, you will get that, that medical, that doctor's note, if you will. And that'll help you tremendously. It'll also be exhibit A in any case that I bring later on down the road. So it's important for me to have uh, as much ammo as I can. Okay. It's really important to, to uh, find out if you have a right okay. and, and to find out quickly because, for example, most of my cases are filed in the New York State Division of Human Rights, and the statute of limitations for those kinds of, of matters is one year. Uh, it's not one year necessarily from the date of termination, which is the usual reason people call me. Uh, it's one year from the beginning of any discriminatory conduct. So, mm. you know, a lot of times the discrimination or harassment precedes the adverse, the, the yeah. termination. It's, it's really important that they call me again, and, and if I may be so bold as to repeat my phone yeah, number, I'll absolutely. do that. 585-490-7100, and again, it's James Hart. I'm happy to, to speak, uh, again, free telephone consultation for anybody in need, but um, there are a lot of, um, you know, again, it, every case is different, so it's important for me to speak to individuals about their... Okay. Now, what if you have that boss, um, it sounds old school, but it still exists, that boss that says things that are slightly inappropriate. Maybe you work in an industry where it's commonplace, for example, like a bartender. At what point can you say, okay, this is sexual harassment. This doesn't feel right. Sure. Well, you know, the executive law of the state of New York, as well as federal law, prohibits certain kinds of, of conduct like that. And, and I say certain because it's a fine line between horseplay and, and banter and a hostile work environment or mm-hmm. sexual harassment. And, and as frustrating as this, it may be to, to hear this, I have to hear a particular set of circumstances before I can sort of define whether something is actionable. But I will tell you that 
um, let's say, for example, a sexually hostile work environment, uh, the elements that you want to look for, as an attorney at least, is pervasiveness. You know, how, how routinely and, and how, how common is, is my potential client dealing with this kind of issue? Outrageousness. How, how bad is the conduct? I mean, are these sort of, you know, silly kind of, you know, just sweet comments or are they horrific and, and okay. sexually explicit? Um, you know, you, you look to uh, when the conduct occurred. Was it within the statutory period? Uh, is it without? You look to quid pro quo. I mean, did, did the employer make the employee an offer that they couldn't refuse, if you know what I mean? That's, uh, you know, if you sort of condition okay. sexual favors on, on a promotion, let's say, that's very serious. That's the worst kind of sexual harassment. So there are a lot of elements that go, go into the, you know, the analysis. Do you almost need to keep a journal? A day-to-day yeah. journal of, okay, well, today he said... Absolutely. You know, if, it's a great point. Okay. It's a great point, and the answer is yes, yes, yes. A journal is admissible evidence, actually. The rules, of, the federal rules of evidence allow for, for journals like that to be introduced uh, as a present-sense impression. In other words, if you're keeping a diary of, of sexual harassment, um, uh, you, know, you can actually introduce that journal as probative of the... Ac- Know, as proof that it occurred. Okay. So, so it's a great legal point, and not not enough uh, people do that. Okay. Keep a journal. We're on with uh, James Hart, Attorney James Hart, 490-7100. The, the focus of today is wrongful termination and discrimination. Wrongful termination, your employer really doesn't have to have a reason why they're terminating you. But it's New York State, is it true, is a right-to-work state? Actually, an at-will state. And so... Uh, you, you work as an employee at the will, at the whim and fancy of the employer. In other words, they can fire you oh. for any reason or, or no reason whatsoever. And um, uh, there are exceptions to that doctrine, that rule, and that's where I come in. Okay. Yeah. All right. You help see if the reason why we were terminated is that exception. Exactly. Okay. Wonderful. Attorney James Hart, 490-7100. A wealth of knowledge. And please, if we can bring you back in too, because I feel like we just scratched the surface Absolutely. with this. Absolutely. I'd love to come in. It was great speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Thank you, James. Thank you.